Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the madness that is Radio Row, Las Vegas, the big game on tap. It's Bo Brock. It's Saul Bookman, Mac Perkins, Damon Dog, the whole All City Network crew. We're rolling deep, and man, uh, we are filled by bounty paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo wings. It's unbelievable. I was telling everybody, like, I used to be a little frugal as far as the paper towels go when I go to the grocery store because it could get pretty pricey. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I'm now forever loyal to Bounty and what they've done for it, us it, to, at this Radio Row. Definitely a different kind of Bounty Gate now <laughs> for us, for sure. And, Max, uh, you can go fly a kite yeah. because uh, they're hooking us up with food and you're not. No. So we're going to give them all the love possible. Sorry. Um, you know, a certain paper towel brand that's represented by a mascot that's a lumberjack can just get out of here. <laughs> I don't care for your product any longer. I am, I am bounty through and throughout. We got a huge show lined up for you today from Sin City. And, of course, man, it's brought to you by our friends over at Factor Meal Kits. Uh, as soon as I get home, I got some uh, purging of... <laughs> this body because as i said i've been back to back days putting oh. back buffalo wings from bounty i had two dinners last night i'm just a disgusting person but once <laughs> i get home i'm getting right back to factor meals gonna start to each and every day i'm gonna open up one of those uh, healthy options you need to do so for yourself live from radio Row, and it's presented by factor meal kits head to factormeals.com slash phnx cards 50. Use PHNX Cards 50 for 50% off. And do it with PHNX Cards. Don't use PHNX Suns. Sorry, Saul. Don't use PHNX anything else. We're competitive. We want the most PHNX Cards uh, used in your factor meal delivery setup. Fair enough. Fair enough. I get it. I I totally get it. I had a great conversation with Field Yates that you're going to hear here coming up soon. And Field, uh, he became aware of something that... You, of course, know about Trey McBride, that you are where the first McBride's made, and Johnny Venerable wants to front like he's the true McBride's made. But I think we might have our guy, ESPN Fantasy Focus host and NFL analyst Field Yates, on the McBride train, which is great to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard not to be. And I think people are starting to take notice of what Trey McBride can really do at the NFL level. He did it basically all season this year. When he, get, when he got those opportunities, he came through in a very big way. 
I think he's going to be tabbed in fantasy football next year as one of the top tight ends easily. Yeah. I'm sure Field's probably going to back that up because he's a smart guy, and, mm-hmm. and smart guys know good things. <laughs> he does. He certainly does. It's just I tell Field this, uh, and it doesn't like completely – got to check out the full interview because he gets into Kyler and where Kyler kind of sits as far as NFL quarterbacks go. But, you know, it's a stack position, and it's great that the Cardinals finally have a guy at tight end. Because before, like Saul, you know, like you've been, you're you're valley raised, and you were going to the games at Sun Devil Stadium. They never had good tight ends. No, finally got a guy. Well, and the last right. time they had a decent tight end, in my opinion, was Novacek, Jay Novacek. Yeah. Uh, and then unfortunately, he went on to the Cowboys, and then obviously he won Super Bowls with the Cowboys. Yeah, that was short lived. He, he was a he was a legit tight end and one of the best in NFL history. And so, uh, I think, you know, Trey McBride has a tremendous opportunity to cement himself as the best tight end in Cardinals history because that list is very, very, very short. Yeah, it is. Uh, like Freddie Jones, uh, Zach Ertz in his cup of coffee here. Um, and then that's just about it. If you want to, you know, pick a fight with me and say like a Leonard Pope here and there, like, oh, no. I don't know, you're grasping. And Maybe that's what Ben Patrick. Ben Patrick, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, it was, uh, uh, was it uh, Hausler? Rob Hausler. Who? Was, yeah, exactly. And it, that's how that's how tough thing how times were tough yeah. for about two to three decades for the Arizona Cardinals at the tight end position. But no longer any longer. Uh, we got some tasty little mock drafts, and I highly encourage you. We're gonna see Johnny out here later this week. He's gonna drive out through the desert in the night. Uh, for everybody out there watching that wants to see JV, he'll be with us on Thursday and Friday. But if you want some Johnny Venerable, you can check out gophnx.com. He does a full mock draft roundup yeah. and kind of goes through everybody that's dropping a mock draft, and it's on a weekly, daily basis now, and going through who the Arizona Cardinals are projected to pick with that fourth overall selection and with that 27th overall selection. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to – like, I, I, you got to check out the article, but the Cardinals at four – the consensus is a really good player. And then uh, as far as 27th goes, it really feels like it's a premium position and, and they continue the trend that we saw from Monty Ossifort in year one. Absolutely. You know, they don't call him magic fingers for nothing. We put him to work. <laughs> they put, we put those digits to work and he, uh, he finally got back to, to writing some stuff, which is pretty cool. And Oh, Johnny. A, uh, yeah. yeah, Johnny. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah, we were John. talking about Monty. Uh, yeah. No, 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 Johnny. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny dusted the off the yeah. old, uh, the old computer. <laughs> blow it off and here we go. So, uh, listen, it's a fantastic a little rundown of, of what's going on. I really find it interesting to, to see because there's a lot of different mocks on that list and a majority of them have Marvin Harrison but there's also a couple mocks that have either neighbors or a Dunze going number four overall to the Cardinals which I, I love them and I, I think Rome Adunze is a fantastic wide receiver and I would mm-hmm. I would personally take him that high I don't know how many people out there would and so we'll, we'll see how that works out. yeah I, look and, and that's it's they're, they're not taking Rome with Marvin Harrison on the board, though. No, and no, And that's no. the thing. Like, that's, that's the conversation that, that we have. But, you know, we are firm in our belief that if it goes one, two, three, and, and Marvin Harrison is there, the Arizona Cardinals are making the pick of the Ohio State wide receiver. And we're, gonna, we're getting more and more insight as far as, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison goes. But, you know, Matt Miller just dropped the two-round mock draft and has the Cardinals getting Marvin Harrison Jr., out of Ohio State, fourth overall. And, you know, he was – Miller, um, you know, take what you want. You know, Miller was a guy that said if, if Matt Barkley gets to seventh overall, the Arizona Cardinals are, are selecting him. So, you know, obviously, 
he's, he's well respected, and he's got them going. Marvin Harrison Jr., he said that he was hearing around kind of the Mobile Senior Bowl circuit that, you know, Malik Neighbors and the other wide receivers were some scouts do have them ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr., which I, I still. I'm still going to keep Marvin top, and then, you know, you, you pivot whatever direction you need to, uh, depending on if Marvin's there or not. The thing about Marvin is, is I feel like you're going to get uh, – it's more of a sure thing because there's two things, two intangibles that he has, his work ethic and his, his perfection in terms of route running uh, and his DNA. I, I just think that those two combined, you're going to be able to, to rely a little bit more consistently on that as opposed to a Dunze and Neighbors, which you're still going to have to find out a little bit more about. So I think that's what gives Marvin Harrison the clear edge. And he's right. been one of the best receivers in the country for the last two years. I expect it to continue. And so you can't – I feel like if you're going to talk about can't-miss prospects, he's as close to one at the wide receiver position as you can possibly get. Also, I wanted to throw this little nugget out. You know, we all talk about Caleb Williams mm -hmm. and Drake May. Uh, Matt, or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Matt Tice. Uh, Nate he, Tice. He, uh, Nate Tice, yeah, yeah, sorry. He was on the CHGO Bears today, and he talked about how he thinks Drake May is the, very, is the better prospect, which I was blown away by. Uh, he thinks that the Bears should seriously consider taking Drake May at number one overall, uh, which, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I uh, take exception with that. I, I just, I think you're getting, out, you're out of control if, if you're going to, I mean, that's bold for sure. And, and you can see Drake May, what he possesses as far as his athleticism, his size, his arm strength, but ain't no way I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the risk. As somebody with, with so much at stake in, in Ryan Pulse potentially and, and going to make that decision to take a quarterback out of North Carolina who had 24 touchdowns, nine picks, and kind of um, didn't show up against teams like Virginia in the ACC, and he say, hey, he's going to go translate, and he's going to be somebody that's going to compete with, you know, Goff and the Lions and uh, what's going on as far as Green Bay and Jordan Love. Um, I, I'll take exception to that, and I'll disagree with that respectfully. I also uh, take exception. Mac, what is this picture that you posted uh, I, oh my I mean, God. this what could the hell our is picture this? that you promoted the show with. Give it, us a little love I here. Mean, you know, I mean, oh my gosh! I look like I'm doing. I'm like Kevin James meme with my face <laughs> yeah, there. I feel like I'm. I look like I'm surprised about something I mean, that's going on behind the camera. This looks like two guys exactly what we are who have done 48 hard hours in, in Las Vegas, <laughs> uh, and, and that's exactly like people are like, what the hell happened to these guys? Yeah, run down and used. Like we kind of look like Carrot Top last night. Carrot Top looks rough, rough. My goodness. Yeah, that's I, all I got. I was look. I was saying like you could give me all the fame and fortune in the world, and I, I was still wouldn't take it if that's if I got to be Carrot Top. I mean, still he's a funny dude. He's a funny too. We saw him out at the uh, NFL opening night last night, and you know you see uh, on full display former Sun Devil Brandon Ayuk out there giving some love and some flowers to. Uh, to Burrito Express, which you love, right? And oh, then yeah. you've got a you've got Brock Purdy out there representing Gilbert Perry uh, High School in Arizona, and it, it's there. There's still a lot of you know ties to the valley, and then also if you've got Mac there, who's like, you know, the entire Chiefs 
kingdom wants to fight yeah. her. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is true. Don't forget about Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, who is uh, a U of A product too, okay? So <laughs> Sorry, he was out there about. for the 49ers. So the 49ers have heavy Arizona ties yeah. in this Super Bowl. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, not so much. They got one player that doesn't even play, so we won't even mention them. Yeah. I, I apologize for glossing over <laughs> the U of A product. Oh, man. For the, uh, so, so, listen, I tried to prevent this from happening. I went over and I talked to my guy, and I was like, hey, man, you're going to have to pull your shirt down or do something. That's why the screen was moved, and that's why Mac is off camera laughing hysterically about what is Did we catch spine. that crack? I think we did. Oh, man. Yeah. Are we gonna? Are we off YouTube right <laughs> now? Did they pull the screen. She's crying over <laughs> there. Mac, oh, come no. over here. First off, Michaela Perkins <laughs> was bold enough after her tweet went viral again about Patrick Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes to show her face in front of Chiefs Kingdom, and then now, because of what she did, the malpractice, the social media malpractice, and putting our our terrible faces in this tweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, we got some audio from Mac. She's crying right now. I'm literally sobbing tears streaming down my face. <laughs> like, I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Do you guys oh, know man. what just happened? Yeah. Okay, all right. Cool. So. Well, Saul tried to help. Saul I tried prevented it. Hey, I, I, I tried to help a brother out, man. I, I know. I know. Before hey. the show, I literally was like, Saul, we're going to need to do something about yeah. this. Yeah. Like, I caught it first on when I was setting the shot, and uh, I thought we worked it out, but... You know. It's all good. It's okay. I'm a fixer. I'm a problem solver, and I solved a problem. <laughs> you just moved the curtain. <laughs> yeah. All right. For, for the people just listening on the only podcast, somebody's ass was like full out. <laughs> like yeah, full yeah. moon. Oh, yeah. It was a full moon. Yeah, it wasn't it was, even like a half moon. It was, it was a respectable journalist out here on Radio <laughs> Row conducting interviews, but he just happened to have half of his butt exposed to <laughs> the entire crowd out here, and it was, it was on our camera. It's all good. Hey, it happens to the best of it us. Happens, it happens. It's all good. <laughs> Super nice guy. Yeah, totally. Mac, how'd you feel out there last night? Felt like you were in enemy territory. Yeah. Did you, you felt like you, you conducted yourself pretty well? I was behind the enemy lines for sure. I was half expecting like somebody, either like the Chiefs players that were walking around or the Chiefs fans in the stands to be like, hey, isn't that girl from Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> you but, know, uh, time heals all wounds. Yeah, and, does it? And, For sure. And, and the Chiefs fans uh, clearly have moved on and forgotten about that because if they had seen that last night, I'm sure you would have got something. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But listen, if you come for one of my Arizona teams, I'm going to come yeah. for you. Like, that's just the way it is. I ride or die for Arizona teams. That's it, how it's going to It was be. back when Mahomes was just trying to gas up his own community yeah, in Kansas yeah. City, but he did it uh, – as far as the Coyotes potentially going to KC, mm -hmm. and our own Mac Perkins took exception to that and yeah. went to war for yeah. the Desert Dogs. She you gotta did. Do what you got to do, man. And, and, and after she did that, I had about I don't know seventy-three emails, <laughs> uh, a couple voicemail messages left, uh, and it was yeah. uh, kind of wild. And everybody wanted me to fire Mac, and I w I just kind of laughed because I was like. Do you not realize what we're all about? <laughs> yeah. like, we're not we're not about like disrespecting people, but we are gonna talk our shit. Absolutely. Right. That's exactly what she did. Yeah. yeah. It was a frenzy though down there. It was a it was mayhem. There was a lot of things happening on opening night, a lot of noises and attractions yeah. and the blue man group was walking around and I was a little scared because they looked a little scary in there. Yeah, they're a little <laughs> weird. Skin. There was a moment where I broke off from the crew and it was it was just but was a coincidence and Mac and the, everybody else from all city thought <laughs> that I was like the number one blue man group like fan. 
He like, was like, oh, man, I got to go. I got to go down there for I this. And it was when Blue Man Group was coming out. And I was like, is Bo just like the biggest Blue Man Group stand on the face of the planet? Oh, I and I had no idea. I, like, I thought the players were coming out to the event. And I'm like, I hear the music. And I had no idea what the Blue Man Group. And I'm just like, oh, there's some bassy music. That seems like it could be some entrance music. And then I look up on the screen. And then there's like the three fools from Blue Man Group. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, everybody's going to think I'm, I'm yeah. like, hey, I got to go. I got to see this. You're but Bluey. I'm a bluey. I'm a, bluey. <laughs> I'm a Smurf. <laughs> so, it was it was a good night though. Yeah, it was good. I it's hard for me to get so invested in things like that because I just don't care about the Chiefs or the 49ers. Yeah, like same. I do not give less of two shits about either of those teams. But I had a moment where I was like, man, like I can see how cool this would be if like the Cardinals yes. ever got to this yeah. point. Like I could see how like invested I would be emotionally. Like even the fans were in the stands, like losing their minds. And it was like it's a week from the Super Bowl, and the fans had showed up. Like the entire lower bowl of Allegiant was full of of Chiefs and 49ers fans. We had Bruce Buffer do the intros for both teams when they came out. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm a big Michael Buffer fan, and the let's get ready to rumble. That's cool. But Bruce Buffer's <laughs> energy is on another level. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets you into that moment. And I kept thinking, I was standing right next to Ryan Konigsberg, who's on the DMVR Broncos, and he, and he told me, he was like, dude, if the Broncos were coming out right now, I think I'd be crying because yeah. I'd be so emotional about it. And I was like, dude, same thing. Yeah. Like I, with the Cardinals, I wish yeah. I could have been there at, at the Super Bowl 40 at Super Bowl 43 mm-hmm. uh, to experience just that and what it's like. And I hope there's another opportunity where the Cardinals are going to make the Super Bowl and we all get to experience that again because, you know, I think we were all relatively young at that point and it's still through our journey here in journalism. And so. I hope some we get of that us younger than others. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. probably like, what year was that? I was 29. What year was that? Oh nine. Uh, yeah, oh nine. Oh eight to oh nine. I was like thirteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I was twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. I was a baby. <laughs> they, somebody, we had just shown a clip from that uh, and saw like you obviously been in and out of the Tucson area. And Damon grew up in the Tucson area, and I had forgotten the story. Like when Larry Fitzgerald was taking in at that time the go ahead touchdown. Yeah. In Tucson, on, T- on Tucson Broadcast. Somebody broke into the, the whatever affiliate it was <laughs> that had the broadcast and swapped. So when, when Fitz hit the end zone, it swapped immediately to an adult film. Oops. So if you're a Cardinals fan, <laughs> you're going nuts, and then next thing you know, you're shielding hopefully any youngster's <laughs> eyes. Or that if are, you're 10 years old watching, yeah. just trying to watch the big game with, with your folks, yeah. and you're yeah. just, just blinded. I mean, two people scored that night, so. <laughs> You're blinded, Damon? Is that how young Damon Dog took it? Oh, I had he no said, idea oh, what was Dad, happening. He said, oh, Dad, I must shield my eyes. I, I can't had, see this. Yeah, I had no clue what was going <laughs> Imagine on. Imagine how awkward it is watching with your parents, though. Oh, You're like, yeah. oh, God, no, oh, no. no. It's terrible. <laughs> the questions. Oh, man. Oh, no. Daddy, what's that? <laughs> oh, jeez. Man. Oh, boy. Uh, a blasted opening night. It's just getting started here at uh, Radio Row in Las Vegas, presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Uh, we, we went out there. We, we asked some great questions as far as more or less, but we also asked some great questions to Field Yates and Frank Caliendo. We're going to get up to those pretty soon, but we got to tell them about uh, well, you got your DraftKings Pick of the Week coming up here. I do. I do. DraftKings Pick of the Week, 243.5 tonight, uh, Bucks Suns. I got the over in that. I also took the alternative spread for the Bucks at a plus four and a half because I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I think the Suns will win a close game, uh, but I was hedging my bet a little bit okay. just in case the, the, the Bucks were able to, to stay in it a little bit further. So uh, that's at a plus 240. I think that's easy money. I like it. 
I like it. And if you want to get in on that action, you got to draft the or download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code PHNX. New customers get five bucks on the NFL and two hundred instantly in bonus bets. You're making one ninety five right off the bat only with DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PHNX. The crown is yours. You got a gambling problem? Call 800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 887-9777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus varies in jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire uh, 168 hours after assurance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Also, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, yeah, Factor. Yeah, as soon as you make that win mm-hmm. for tonight's bet, you just go straight over to Factor, get yourself a little 50% off. Yeah. Pretty simple, nice and easy, as my colleague talked about. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great, easy way to get into the week and not have to worry about cooking. Yeah. Mac has actually gotten into <laughs> cooking. She sliced her finger the other day I doing did. so. My poor uh, and so you can avoid that same tragedy by just going to Factor <laughs> and getting your stuff. Don't chop uh, your finger off. <laughs> head to factormeals.com uh, slash phnx and use code phnx to get 50% off of your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That code is phnx at factormeals.com slash phnx. What do you think better performance this year, uh, this year or last year? Caleb uh, boxing out Drew Brees or <laughs> moving the sign here? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, one kept us on air, and that was moving the sign. <laughs> the other was boxing out a, like a rubber stamp future Hall of Fame For sure. quarterback. Just trying to say hi to Pat McAfee. Yeah. Say, I, I'm get gonna out s- of here. I'm going to say, the, I'm gonna say last oh. year's Drew Brees because that would – listen – you want to talk about teamwork making the dream work. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, I was the one that grabbed him. She was the one that boxed out Drew Brees. It was a perfect team uh, team episode there. Not so today, Brees. Yeah. Yep. Take a hike, buddy. <laughs> no, I almost knocked him on his ass. All you wanted to do was say hi, but That's we, it. we had to, we got to get Pat over to meet Johnny Venerable and, and I, myself. True, truthfully speaking, I really do hope I get to see Drew Brees here this week because I really would like to apologize to him. I felt really bad because he just looked like he just lost his dog. Like, Pat, Pat. Pat, Pat. That doesn't happen to Drew Brees. I know. I know. I felt bad. I was like, oh, man. I didn't mean to do Drew we like that. We all need our humbling moments. We've all been left hanging before. Yeah, that was humbling for <laughs> you Drew mean, Brees. You mean like you earlier today with rap? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Ian. <laughs> oh. Sometimes these guys are so savvy. They look around, and they, they, they see people out of the corner of their eye. And it's not because Bo's Bo. It's just because they don't want to talk to somebody. Yeah, I've got the mic. He's like, yeah. this guy's cornering me for an interview. Yeah, so he goes. he literally makes it. He literally goes on the backside of the wall yeah. and hugs the wall. It's like the room is only like an inch, or, you know, like twelve inches to get through all the the furniture, and he did it because he didn't want to talk to anybody. So no, it, it, it is what it it's is. It's like he didn't remember our flight that we had together. I know last week. It's like, bro, like, what do you even get on the same plane for if you're not like boys for life? We're, we're on a puddle jumper <laughs> together. Like we are, you know, one lightning strike from going down <laughs> and being connected. There was a lot of for turbulence. eternity. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. How soon they forget, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had a moment. Uh, we also had a moment uh, earlier today, Damon. I was able to catch up with Field Yates from ESPN, and uh, we talked some Cardinals football, and I think everybody's going to be pumped to find out that Field Yates is joining a very exclusive 
uh, club here with PHNX Cardinals. Here's our interview with Field. PHNX's coverage from Radio Row continues in Field Yates, of course. Fantasy Focus, ESPN. I've got my alerts set on Twitter oh, or right. X for Field because that's how big you are. Well, first of all, I would refuse to call that thing X. I'm sticking with Twitter. <laughs> I'm sticking with Twitter, too. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. It but. just seems so much more natural to call it Twitter. Like, the iPhone has not yet changed. When you start to type T-W-E, right. it keeps it as tweet. So I'm thinking that uh, Twitter will remain forever. There are certain things that I just can't kick. Right. Arrowhead Stadium will always be Arrowhead Stadium <laughs> to me, amongst other things. So uh, that's my Twitter rant right there. Well, what's uh, going to remain this offseason, the Arizona Cardinals are loaded, and it yeah. looks like they're poised for a big offseason. I yes. think it's going to be fun to be money awesome for with the cap space, yes. but then what well, you and Mel Kuyper have been breaking down, which I've been, it's just, you know, the, the content, I can't get enough of it, oh, great. as far as the mocks and then yeah. what you guys are doing before you release them, but 4 and 27, what are you thinking as far as that? I mean, it's, it seems pretty simple as far as, if it goes one, two, three quarterbacks, what the Cardinals move is. I hate to say that anything could be simple in the NFL draft, because you and I both know how crazy and complicated things can get with just one pick that goes right. However, mm -hmm. this is, we're having this conversation on uh, February 6th. So, on February 6th, my sort of forecast and estimate is that picks one, two, three for quarterback needy teams will be quarterbacks. That all of a sudden presses us to the Arizona Cardinals at pick number four. And, you know, I, I'm always, I always tread lightly when coaches publicly declare, like, this is our guy. You know, obviously, Kyler got a lot of support mm -hmm. from Jonathan Gannon. And uh, I don't know if I heard as much, obviously, Monty's not addressing the media as much as mm -hmm. Gannon is. But um, Gannon made it very clear, like, he's our guy, right? Um, there's been a lot of public Kyler support, Kyler support. And I think because of how the draft shook out and them having the fourth pick, like, it's hard to make a case against that because I don't think there would be a fourth quarterback that if the first three picks are quarterback mm -hmm. is worth taking. So they make it really easy, right? <laughs> like Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously a tremendous prospect, fills a major need. We'll see what happens with Hollywood Brown, scheduled to be a free agent in a month and a half yeah. from right now. But beyond that, youth, you have some, you know, you have Michael sure. Wilson from a year ago and Rondell Moore from a couple seasons ago. But what they don't have is a guy who has the upside and the size that Marvin Harrison Jr. brings. We're talking about one of the best wide receiver prospects, perhaps, in the past 15 or so years. Right. That sounds hyperbolic, and obviously there's been a lot of great young receivers over the past few years, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Puka Nakua this past season. But it does feel like coming into the process, coming into the league, mm -hmm. our feeling in terms of how Marvin Harrison Jr. stacks up is close to the very top of the heat. Now, what, you, what did you see from Kyler at the end of the season? It seemed like he finally had the infrastructure offensively, and the emergence of Trey McBride was unbelievable. Yeah, you couple Trey McBride with a, maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr. The offensive line was playing a lot better. Mm -hmm. Fantasy focus, I know, as you said, we're sitting here in February. Where are you going to start to rank Kyler Murray next season? Is he top five fantasy quarterback? He could probably creep into that like top eight conversation. Uh, with Kyler, what we saw this past year, which was surprising to me, was at least the first two games he was back, he had a rushing touchdown. I think yeah. it was three of his first four, he ended right. up with a rushing touchdown. Um, and you're thinking to yourself, a guy coming off of an ACL tear, probably less likely to be mobile than a guy who you know was fully healthy, which Kyler will be going into this upcoming season. Uh, but Kyler at his very best has been one of the best players, obviously, in the NFL and certainly uh, in the fantasy football world. So I think there's a chance that Kyler will compete for that. Like, I, I sort of look at the top as, uh, I don't know about, like, impenetrable, but between Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, who's been the highest scoring yeah. quarterback in fantasy for three straight years. Like, it's going to be hard to dethrone him unless he decides to retire this offseason, which he won't. Uh, and then, you know, the Lamar Jacksons, Patrick Mahomes, like, it's kind of that next tier. Uh, you know, we'll see also with, like, Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson, mm -hmm. some of these guys who have comparable athletic ability to, to Kyler um, and how healthy they are coming into the year. So I think there's a real chance that Kyler is in that, like, five to eight conversation. Last question, 
27th overall. What's oh. your philosophy on that? You've got the, uh, you know, do you go premium position? Like Mel had them going Tyler Guyton yeah. out of Oklahoma. And after the senior bowl, I feel like that guy's not even going to be there at yeah. 27. What do you think? I'd be surprised if Guyton lasts that long, but things can change mm-hmm. so much. So it's an interesting one, right? So uh, when you lose your starting left tackle in, what, week 16, 17 yeah. with an uh, AC out there? Yeah. Uh, it was Peter Humphreys who, who I think it was eight, 16, 17. It was late, right? Right. And it was one of the yeah. final Yeah, and he's got an MCL injury, so yeah. it seems like it's he's probably going to be out for the most of the next season if they don't make him a cap casual. I was going to say, and beyond that, like his, his contract right now suggests that he's the kind of player that, like, uh, you know, is at least one to monitor mm-hmm. over the next month and a half here. But you drafted Paris Johnson last year, who has the chance to be, I think, a very, very good left tackle in the NFL. Um, or he can just kind of plant him where he's been. He can just be a high-level right tackle, which we've seen that position rise in prominence over the past few years. Guys like Panay Sewell are going to probably end up with a record-breaking deal in due mm-hmm. time. Uh, offense tackle, it aligns nicely in terms of how much depth there is. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of options here in this year's draft class. Could be as many as six, seven, eight first-round offensive tackles. And for Arizona, because I think that they're in this really unique spot right now. Uh, first of all, flush with draft capital. Yeah. Two first-round picks alone give you some optionality. Beyond that is, well, everybody wants to win. I'm not saying that a team wants to lose next year. It doesn't feel like next year is the make-or-break year sure. for this regime or this franchise. So you can kind of, where there are other franchises, like as, and I'm not making this just about them, but the Jets at pick 10, like they need a guy who's going to come in and start from day one. You just can't afford it, right? They want to win the Super Bowl next year. Arizona probably comfortable with a player who, even if he needs a year to, yeah. to develop, maybe a little like red shirt. Right. Actually, if, yeah. if, if, even if it's not a red shirt, even if it's like this guy's going to become a fully formed player in 2025, 2026, etc. Like you kind of have the ability to tab that type of player in the first round because. It steps forward next year. Going to be measured obviously by wins and losses, mm-hmm. but also just like is the overall talent level better? Uh, the defense played its tail off for much of last year. I think the offense is going to catch up this yeah. year as well. Continuity, by the yeah, way. Absolutely. Wait, Drew, Pet- Drew Pettick might be like the third most, third longest tenured offensive coordinator in the league by right now. <laughs> by the way, fun fact: Drew and I played in the same conference growing up. No there way. Too many Nescak football alums in the NFL, so. Uh, he probably doesn't know who I am. You got a couple inches on Drew, too. I a mean, couple, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Drew, yeah, I think Drew's got a couple, probably, you know, like a couple of tax brackets yeah. on me. And, and he's uh, he's, getting, he's keeping it going. I see him at the facility, always putting in, he's in the lab working out. Love so it. can I ask you this? We, we always like to say, our, my co-host Johnny Venerable, he's, yeah. he's a big Trey McBride guy, and I know you guys are fantasy focused. You got on that train early. Yeah. Can you confidently say you're a McBride's mate? First of all, first time I've heard that term. <laughs> yes, I am a McBride's mate. Great movie, great player. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the ceiling for him next year? Uh, and, and Travis Kelsey maybe I mean, put some of this to bed. 80 catches, 800 yards. Ridiculous. Didn't Most see a ton of touchdowns. A, uh, but In a Cardinal season, right? I Ever? mean, that position was as futile as it gets for so long. Yes, but it was yes. finally great to see somebody yeah. break out. He'll make some, uh, some real steps forward this offseason. And... Travis Kelsey, again, may have put this to bed because of how he surged during the playoffs. We'll see on Sunday with the Super Bowl. But it felt like the opportunity for a new tight end one to step in was maybe in place. Sam Laporta, the highest scoring tight end in all of fantasy this past year. But between Sam Laporta, George Kittle, of course, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Mark Andrews, Trey McBride. Hawkinson when he comes Hawkinson, back. Hawkinson, who's, you know, if he comes back healthy yeah. from that ACL, MCL, like that's six. Evan Ingram deep. set the single-season <laughs> record for catches by a tight end in NFL history. Wow. So there's obviously you know seven, eight, nine, ten guys this year that have a real case to be a premium draft pick for you, which is yeah. like that feels like speaking a different language when I say that out loud about fantasy yeah. football tight ends. I don't think I've drafted like a fifth or sixth tight end off the board that has actually worked in like yeah. 15 years. <laughs> I'm just glad the Cardinals have one of those guys. Know, it's been long, yeah. far too long. Field Yates, must follow on Twitter. And of course, Fantasy Focus, you got to check it out on a daily basis. Well, thank you. Thanks, man. 
I love Field Yates, man. <laughs> you know a what? Very likable like, guy. Him and uh, you know we had a couple other guys that have been walking around, mm -hmm. media guys that are like big time. Uh, Taylor Lu Luan, mm -hmm. he was over here, and we had asked him to come on the show. And man, Taylor was fantastic because he was just like, I, I can't do it right now because I got a lot of other commitments. Uh, and then he asked, what do you, what do I want to talk about? I said, well, Cardinals. He's like, you know what? I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, shit, okay, cool. So, and and Field has been the same thing, you know. He just takes his time to talk, yeah. and and he has so much knowledge about the game. And I th I thought what he had to say about McBride and just kind of the growth of that position for the Cardinals uh, was great, you know. And and Laporta being like the highest, you know, number wise in terms of uh, fantasy points this year. It, it, the the tight end game is changing. Yep. And Trey McBride is a, a, a good example of that. He doesn't necessarily have to be a banger in terms of blocking, uh, but his receiving abilities and plays after the catch separate him from most. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't wait to see him take that next step um, into his third season. Well, there's it's the evolution of the position, and then there's the difference between the guy that's a true playmaker for you and a guy that makes plays. Like, there's tight end salt. Like, where they'll block, and then they'll leak out, or they'll be, you know, down the progression line for the quarterback, and they'll just have the opportunity to make a play just mm -hmm. because, you know, the other playmakers are accounted for. And, like, it's good if you have a, a tight end that can make a play sometimes when you put the ball in his hands. But to tru truly be a playmaker, like, the, the two that are going to be on display this week and George Kittle and, and Travis Kelsey and Laporta, how he came out of the gates with, with Detroit, Trey McBride is in the conversation with that. When he's up there and he's high-putting footballs, when he's making circus catches and when he's getting physical, he's boxing guys out and he's making the athletic snags, like, that's that. There's it separates him from the rest of the pack, which is... It, the Cardinals haven't had a guy like that, and it's it's like I know it's a crowded area, but in position group. But at least you got one of the guys. And Trey McBride, eighty plus catches, eight hundred yards receiving, and that was really yeah. he didn't get going until like week six. Do you know the craziest thing is is like sometimes you 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 look at a guy in their size. And some guys are, are, are big dudes, but mm -hmm. they play smaller than their actual size. Yeah. Like, they just kind of shrink down, and they don't use their physical abilities to, their, to the max. And then you have the opposite. And Trey McBride, like, measurable-wise, uh, compared to other tight ends in the league, is not as big as a lot of other tight ends. But he plays way bigger. Mm -hmm. Like, he, when he's out there on the field, you forget that he's, like, you know, 6'1", 6'2". He's yeah. kind of a shorter tight end, whereas most tight ends are, like, 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". Because he plays bigger. He goes up and he gets the ball at the high point. He can make moves out there in the open space, and he's a strong physical runner with the ball. Like, I love Trey McBride. I've been on the McBride train since day mother effing one. Let's go. <laughs> and now we've got with us Along for the ride, joining the hype train is Field Yates, which is fantastic. Yeah. And what do you think about the Kyler Murray conversation that we had uh, where he, he had him about eight. Damon, you were there. He was a little hesitant to, to maybe go too high on Kyler this early, but he started throwing in some guys like Jalen Hurts and, and other guys where I think Kyler Murray, potentially with his arm talent, has a higher ceiling. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the things about the arm talent is I think, I think um, technical-wise, Fundamental-wise, mechanical-wise, yeah. um, Kyler's pretty solid compared to a lot of other guys. Like Jalen Hurts, one of the knocks on him is he likes to – he has a pretty long um, throwing motion, and uh -huh. that sometimes can get in the way. Uh, and so I, I, I absolutely think that eight is a, probably a good number, especially considering where he can take this offense with Drew Petzing and how they're going to develop and, and use the play action. We saw that this past year. That Philadelphia game – 
was probably the first game in two years where I looked at Kyler and I was like, dog. Right. Fucking dog. Like, there it is. Like, and so We needed to see it, too. We needed to see it. I mean, selfishly. It. Like, I think like, they could have moved forward with Kyler Murray and you say, look, I, I understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I understand the skill set. It's probably just the path to, you know, being relevant again and, and contending again but for a playoff spot. Uh, but at the same time, like, still haven't seen him have, like, a big game. Like, I want it, you know, that just gaudy statistical game. And, like, even at that halftime, I'll be honest, like, for those who kept receipts, you know this. Like, I was like, we need to see it. Like, they were doing it between the 20s, but they were, they were stalling out in the red zone. They had the, the pick six there. But we needed to see it, and he comes out, and he leads the Arizona Cardinals on four consecutive scoring drives. And we're like, okay, it finally clicked. This is what it looks like. This is what it can be. And finally, the infrastructure's there. Kyler's a better player than, than Justin Fields. But you see the, the toxicity in the conversations in Chicago about do they keep Justin Fields or do they try to go with Caleb Williams? And it's because it's a real conversation that you have to have as an organization. Is this the guy that's going to take you forward? If Kyler did not have those games towards the end of the stretch, you might be sitting here thinking the same thing. Like, at least even if you're going to keep Kyler, at least you would have to entertain that thought. Like, are we sure this is the guy? Whether you want to keep him or not is irrelevant. And I think he answered that question, you know, without a doubt. And so you feel comfortable as a Cardinals fan and as an organization to move forward with Kyler because you see the potential, you see the opportunities. And I really just think, you know, sometimes the best of players can get hindered by the system that they're in. And I truly feel good about the system that Kyler is in right now with this organization. I really feel like they're going to maximize his potential to the nth degree better than anybody else would have. And I'm excited for that. Damon, you were a guy that could put up some points in fantasy football. You couldn't win football. You couldn't win fantasy games. Uh, it was I, my defense was atrocious. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he's not a part of it. Maybe just bad luck losses. But like Kyler Murray, where, where are you firmly putting him as far as yeah, fantasy quarterback? I gave a little bit of a look over here when you mentioned Jalen Hurts, just because Jalen Hurts is like a twenty touchdown rushing. But, but per here's year what I want. Guy. I want to say, Jalen Hurts was a. He benefited from the tush push. Absolutely. That's potentially going yes, away. Yes, that will make a big difference, I think, in his fantasy value. But I still think he's going to get you 10, 15 on the ground. Uh, and I'm not sure. Kyler, you know, Kyler's, he's got the rushing ability. But Hertz is, I think it's a little bit more, like, ingrained in his game. Whereas Kyler can sit there and throw. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to run necessarily in every game. I, I think five through eight where Fields had him was, like, a, a good, solid range. You get, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Trey McBride, James Conner. James Conner's stealing some touchdowns, though. You have to keep that in mind. That's true. I also would push back on the notion that, like, Jalen Hurts is, is – I mean, he is probably going to run a little bit more, but I don't think he's as, as explosive as Kyler is out of the pocket, right? I think Kyler's options when he gets out of the pocket or being able to improvise are at another level compared to Jalen Hurts. I don't care what anybody says about that. Kyler will reel off a 20-yard run, whereas Jalen, because of his own speed, will probably get you 10, 10 to 15, right? That extra yardage matters. And so when you're talking about, you know, scheming, uh, you know, run plays for Kyler, 
you're not going to do it as frequently as you would have done it with Jalen Hurts because he's smaller. And he's quicker, though. And so it's a different type of run design that you're going to use with Kyler than you would for Jalen. And that, to me, is is the promise of Kyler because you will find more explosive plays on the ground with Kyler than you will Jalen Hurts. You might just not get him as frequently as you would get him with Jalen Hurts. I do think that the, the injury thing that you mentioned does factor in, though, because like a guy like Josh Allen, he's giving you that running ability. He's number one quarterback three right. years in a row, like Field said, and he's never getting hurt, and he's rushing every game. Whereas, like, Kyler, if he upticks that rushing, there's a better chance that he's injured. Jalen Hurts, I mean, he was injured this year, but, like, he's durable. He's, he's a super durable, durable guy. Yeah. So. I'm looking at it right now. So the, the way it finished this past season, Josh Allen, as Damon Dog pointed out, was it three? You said three of the four years, top quarterback fantasy? Yeah, last three. Jalen Hurts is two. Uh, Dak Prescott is three. Lamar Jackson, who I think is going to continue to go back up as far as a fantasy guy, he's four. Dak probably moves down, you figure. Probably. But I don't know. He's still got CeeDee Lamb and, and an embarrassment of riches there. And then Jordan Love, Brock Purdy is always going to be in the conversation. Like, are you going to take him? Like, he, he's probably you can probably like lock him in for close to thirty touchdown passes. I each had year. him on my team, and like he just he was like top five guy, but no like huge games, but de- getting you like twenty five points every single game. Yeah, yeah solid. Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, I think they're on the up. like it's Stroud. A, it's yeah, a, it's a tough position to crack, but man, Mahomes wasn't as good this year. I had him on both of my fantasy football leagues, and the reason why he was ter- he was terrible as a fantasy quarterback is because he did not have those typical explosive games. He never had you know a game of over 350 yards or four touchdowns. Everything was it it was slow sledding for Mahomes all season mm-hmm. long. It was it was really hard work to squeeze every little blood uh, you know drop of blood out of the stone this year for Mahomes. So, but the talent is always there. The opp- opportunity to be able to drop five touchdowns in a game is always going to be there with yeah. Mahomes, and that's the promise of somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, getting away more from the fantasy conversation and the conversation that we've had with a lot of people out here uh, and will continue to have it as far as the offseason that the Cardinals are poised to have. And, you know, the cap space, you know, over $40 million, you can easily get to 50 uh, and then maybe even higher than that with some roster maneuvering, maneuvering and some cap casualties potentially. They're going to have enough money to spend – to, to find and fill some holes from free agency on the defensive line as Johnny Venerable has sourced that that's where gonna, they're going to spend their money first on the defensive front. And then, you, and then you've got all that draft capital. But I think people are excited to see year two of Monty Austin for JG and what they're going to do this offseason. Like, continuing off of Johnny's uh, story here on gophnx.com, like, you look at this, and, like, it's, it's fourth overall. They're getting Marvin Harrison Jr. pretty consistently. Like, Keith Sanchez from the Draft Network has a Malik Neighbors here, and I think that was based off of Marvin going before that. I think he had a, tra- a trade where the Bears were picking second, and they take Marvin Harrison mm-hmm. Jr. So he's getting a little crafty. Uh, from the draft network. Yeah, but, but also Keith Sanchez went to LSU, so he's, <laughs> you know, he's a little biased there. <laughs> but I see, you know, it's – I think Johnny's got close to 10 mock drafts here and nine of them they're getting Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. So right now the uh, MHJ train, it's it's full steam ahead to the desert, which you, you, you love it. It's 310 to Glendale. You need it. You got to have it. We got to have it. We Listen, outside of Kyler – we don't have any superstars on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can make a case for Buddha, of course. He's, he was in the Pro Bowl. But even Buddha, by his standards, had a, had a down year compared to what he used to do. And so, you know, Kyler is he's the magnet. You need somebody else that's going to be equally as 
magnetic as him, and I think that MHJ is definitely going to be that dude. I don't know if uh, people understand that MHJ is not the most like colorful personality in the yeah, world. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very, much like Larry Fitzgerald. He is. He's very mom, tight-lipped, keeps to himself. Uh, Just does his work. It, it's something that from our business, where we love great sound bites from players and stuff, I'm willing to make that sacrifice for the playmaking that you're going to get from Maserati Marv. I, uh, someone mentioned in the comments earlier like that you've mentioned before, don't get married to prospects, but this is just a different situation. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm all in, and if I'll be a broken I'm a soldier on leave right now. I'm proposing right now. It might be too early in the game. You know, I'm about to ship out. I'm like, let's get married. I, I, I feel you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. Already got a Camaro. You know, but like, listen... <sighs> I love you, my wife, but like as you're in a relationship, you always are wondering what what, what are the, your other prospects. Oh, you know what I mean? What so are we like, doing here? <laughs> so, so like I'm looking at Roma Dunze. Like I'm not sold on just like listen. If somebody else swoops in and takes Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, then I have no choice. Yeah. I have to I have to realize what's going on. Much like when you're dating, some other dude might just sweep in and, and take your girl. Then what are you going to do? You're just going to sit yeah. there and be like, damn, I really wanted that. Now I don't know what to do. No, you got to move on. I'm going to be a shell of myself for like a <laughs> week at least. <laughs> it's, it's a here's a, a bad analogy, here's people. A I'm so less, sorry. Here's a little less treacherous <laughs> analogy is you got your backup schools, right? You got your heart set on going to U of A, and yeah, uh, yeah. maybe you don't have a 1-6 and can't cut it there. I found my Marvin Harrison Jr., <laughs> just so you all know. So, just so you all you know. You did. I did. You did. Listen up, Scottsdale Community College. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got your fallback school. But that's not it. You got some You got some solid schools. It's, it's not the JUCOs. There's nothing wrong with going to be an artichoke, Look, okay? Look, I'm a fighting artichoke. I'm proud. I'm very proud of it. Uh, as, as far as, like, the fallback school... I think you're you're. It's it, it ain't to Jukos like Malik Neighbors in Roma Dunze. Like they they're big time players. You're yeah. going and you're going to live the full college experience. You're just not getting into the Harvard. <sighs> Malik Neighbors just. I'm trying to think of a good comparable for Malik Neighbors that he get, kind of gives me a feel of. I just feel like he's going to be a good but not great receiver. Nah, I disagree. He's got he plays with such speed. He's such so explosive. Uh, I I mean and I think. You talk about, you know, Trey McBride playing big. I think Malik Neighbors plays bigger than his, you know, 6'6", six, 6'1", frame. Okay. All right. I mean, Jamar Chase is not fair because Jamar Chase is one of one in the league. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think he's similar size. I think he can be somewhere along the lines of, of Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. And that's, that's good enough for me. Wow. You think he's going to be that good? I mean, no, I think. I mean, in that realm. Yeah. I think he can approach Waddle like rookie status. Wow. Jay, I just Damon, I just you don't. know Jalen Waddle's game very well. Yeah, I mean, like a quicker, kind of more slender build of a guy. Uh, I mean, Waddle had 100 catches his rookie year. Yep. The, the output for me, from what I feel like Malik Neighbors is going to give you, is much like Steve Breston. Oh, come on. Like, Breston had a 1,000-yard receiver, but still. Yeah, he's going to have flashes, but he's not going to be, like, that, that constant, like, threat uh, all the time. I think he's a guy that you just feed. I, I think really? he, he's got – he's going to be a wide receiver one in this league, and that's mm. that's exciting. And then, I just look, don't. Look, just Rome don't. Is, is great, too. Like, what's not to like about a 6'3 guy who's going to be probably sub 4'4 at the, at the NFL Combine? I love Rome Adunze. That's why I don't if, – if we don't get MHJ and we ended up getting him, I would be ecstatic. I would feel like we got somebody just as good, to be honest with you. I think Rome Adunze 
at the end of the day, will give you higher highs than Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. But I think Marvin Harrison Jr. will be consistently higher than Roma Dunze, if that makes sense. So, like, you know. Uh, you, you know, know what it sounds like? <laughs> Fitz. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like Fitz. Yeah. And Other receivers, have, you know, Randy Moss yeah. had a phenomenal high, right? But Fitz was great yeah. the entire time. He was consistent as can be. And I think that's what you would get with yeah. Roma, Roma Dunze versus Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, it's like, oh, I got John Navarre throwing me the football. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got Carson Palmer. I got Kurt Warner. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make plays. It doesn't matter. Care. Max yeah. Hall, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what ham sandwich you got me throwing the football yeah. or you got me a good quarterback. I'm going to go out there and make plays. And I think that's that's the yeah. it's it's a lunch pail mentality, but it's it's from somebody who's set up to be a superstar, and, yeah. and I think that's what the appeal is of Maserati Marv. But uh, even even like we accidentally got into a good conversation about the receivers after that, we got to get into a conversation as far as the the pick that the Cardinals have after that, and Johnny's got it broken down here uh, as far as that, and we're going to get to our guy Frank Caliendo. But NASCAR's back. They were in L.A. last Talking week. Talking about speed. Yeah, there that's right. They were back in L.A. I think they were at the Coliseum. Uh, Daytona's coming up. Biggest race of the year. And then, of course, you got another huge race twice a year. But start with uh, at the PIR at Phoenix Raceway. It's, uh, it's going to go down. You don't want to miss the Shriners Children's 500 at Phoenix Raceway March 8th through 10th. Promised to be a weekend of good vibes, of course, because we partner with them. And it just matches our vibes and their vibes match ours. Uh, the whole family. Take out the whole family. Get there. Great, get great tickets. See the renovated Phoenix Raceway. Go watch NASCAR. It's a fantastic out there. Fantastic day out at the track. Get your tickets now. PhoenixRaceway.com. You don't even know who's going to be walking by here on Radio Row. Like Randy Couture, for, former UFC heavyweight champion, uh, just walked by. He's right over here. Just. Just the most random people that we've seen. You don't have to be random in your wallet, though. You can go ahead and buy yourself or get yourself a nice little Arizona Cardinals DFCU card. There you go. That's it. Go to DFCU or Desert Financial Credit Union and hook yourself up with one of the most beautiful cards you can possibly find. Uh, show your team spirit and open a free checking account online, and you will get an Arizona Cardinals Visa debit card. Uh, go to desertfinancial.com cardinals to get started. Who doesn't like to show off? their card i mean listen you use a card every day all it's the conversation time. starter, especially in a town like vegas and, and you're throwing that you you pick you're paying your tab and you throw out your cardinals yeah. card and you're like oh phoenix absolutely yeah absolutely you can't go wrong who do you like in the draft for the Cardinals? marvin harrison jr next question 27th overall who do you like looking at it right now mm. we heard from field yates he talked about it johnny's got it in an article go phnx.com josh edwards cbs sports says the cardinals trading with the vikings so trading out of one, that's where I'm a little hesitant. I think that you take advantage, especially at this stage in your rebuild, take advantage of that fifth-year option. If you're trading back and you're, you know, you're going to go 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, I'm fine with it. But what's the value you're getting in return to trade with the Vikings? Then you've got a two-rounder from Matt Miller. So he's got him going Marv. He's got him going J.C. Latham, the tackle out of Bama, who, depending on how you have your tackles ranked, Latham's right up there. He, I mean, he's right, you know, knocking on the door outside of Tier 1 at Alabama. And then 35th overall taking the Clemson corner 
uh, Nate Wiggins, who we've talked to a couple people who really like Wiggins' ability. Lance Zerline had a strange one. This this is more your flavor. He's got Roma Dunsey, fourth overall. Jackson Powers Johnson, the uh, center out of Oregon, who was a sign me. Yeah, up. you like that? Twenty seventh overall, versatile interior offensive lineman. Uh, we've got Trevor Sikama, who's just right down the row here. Uh, he's got a Marv, Nate Wiggins, Graham Barton, the versatile offensive lineman from uh, Duke. Duke. That's right. He's a Dukey. Um, we got 33rd team saying Marv, Braylon Trice, the Valley native, uh, who went to Washington. The edge there, Kamari Lasser out of Georgia, 35th overall. You got Malik Neighbors from Sanchez, Tavondre Sweat from def def defensive tackle from uh, Texas and Beef there at 27. You're shaking your head. I would take Byron Murphy before I take Sweat. Yeah, I'm not taking Sweat in the first round. Yeah. I see another Trice at 27, another Trice at 27, Tyler Guyton at 27 from Mel Kuyper. Jordan Morgan, according to Bucky Brooks, still staying there at 27, despite Johnny Venerable slamming his laptop closed and saying he has baby T-Rex arms. Johnny is so, he's so <laughs> finicky with, with these numbers, and they, they can persuade him either way. Yeah. Well, no, a little finicky with he the numbers. He heard... The, it was it was a death sentence for Jordan Morgan and Johnny for, to Johnny Moore, uh, Johnny Venerable, like the fact that he was an inch and an eighth off of what the prototypical tackle has as far as unacceptable. Arm <laughs> it's unacceptable. Uh, he will not stand for such such ideas. So I hate measurables. I do. They, like, do, mean, they so, do mean something. So they do mean something, but at the end of the day, I think game tape means more. Mm -hmm. I just do. Like when I watch a guy play. Does he have those intangibles? That that's not something that you can measure. Uh, you know, it, can he get after it? Does he it, does he play with heart? It, will he just run through a wall for you? Like those are the things that I want to see on tape, and you can see. Jordan Morgan is a physical and very good tackle. There's nothing wrong with the way he played this year. Uh, that's why he's rated in in the first round. Yeah, okay, the measurables not might not be ideal, but eh, you can always get over that if you have the right type of player. Yeah, I, look, he he reminds me. Of a more talented, um, a more talented John Gaines, who they drafted in the fourth round of UCLA last year. Like very versatile, athletic as they come as far as the offensive line position goes. But that, like way, a little bit, way stronger, and he could probably move from tackle to guard. But you said you don't like him inside. No. You don't like Jordan Morgan inside. I don't. So you, you'd rather you know just see if he can overcome. What's perceived as a you know traditional lack of size, but like I would err on the side of going off of the numbers, especially at the tackle position though. Like it's not Kyler who can be the exception and he can find ways to see downfield, where it's like you either are, are big and long enough to play the tackle position because otherwise you got to be really really effing good to overcome that. I also think that because of the depth, uh, because of the depth on. Your, uh, in this draft at tackle and even on the offensive line. You've got some interior offensive line options as well. You don't necessarily have to go tackle. You can go interior offensive line. Um, and I think you can get that in the second or third round. And the reason why I say that's important is because at 27, you might be able to find yourself the, the best player available um, and, and go with that instead of filling a need necessarily. Mm -hmm. So there's other guys that are going to be on the board at 27, secondary players, uh, linebackers, whatever. And you might be able to take advantage of that in this draft yeah. at 27. Yeah. Look, I think you just, in field said this to me, and I completely agree, and it's along the same line of thinking that I've had throughout this. Like, this tackle class is so deep 
that, and, and our guy that's going to join us right now, and this is what I love about Radio Row here in Vegas, you, you know, you're just going to get a guest that's going to sit down with you who's just <laughs> dialed in. He's uh, fresh off the gridiron in Mobile. He was smarter than I was and he put on a hat and maybe some sunblock. I'm roasted. <laughs> but Trevor Sikamo, he's got a nice tan going on. Saw him on NFL Network when I was at the Mobile Airport. This guy is just crushing it. Uh, I'm talking to your co-host uh, Connor Rogers a little bit later today. I wanted to pick your brains about the good. Pl- I'm the, going first. The it's stock good, exchange good. that you guys did on the Cardinals. Yes. What was the when when you deep dive the Cardinals? And before we get into your insight from Mobile, when you deep dive with Connor, what was the thing that kind of surprised you the most in your kind of your uh, studies? Well, I. W- we, so when we go through that exercise, we not only want to do so from an NFL draft perspective because we end every Fix Your Franchise episode with a team-centric three-round mock draft, but we want to set things up before then, right? Because a lot of people talk about like, okay, like we like this player, we like this player, but if it doesn't fit really like where the team is going or what the team is doing, then that can sometimes be a deal breaker. And so when we get into the Cardinals, what I love about them is – I did not think that this team was very good on paper going into the season. And they outplayed their expectations in a big way. And so now I think the lens that you view the Cardinals is very different than what it was to start the year. Because I think a lot of people looked at that and were like, man, all right. Where's the talent? Yeah, like where's the talent? (laughs) But it's like, all right, two, three, four-year rebuild here, two maybe at best. And now we're in the situation where instead you look at the roster and you go, a lot of good young pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, now this obviously looks very different. You know, you got two first-round picks. I know they were hoping one of those first-round picks was going to be a little bit higher than Damn it ended up being. Stroud. <laughs> but, you know, they still have those two first-round picks. They have a lot of flexibility. Really love what I saw from uh, from Monty Austin for last year and how he was very calm and, and how he navigated the, the, his first draft in charge. And so... He was a killer. What surprised me was it's just, you know, you, you, you look at this you look at this roster and everybody, I think, going into the season on paper thought, this is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. We got a mock draft simulator over PFF, and we had the Cardinals with the t- first two picks, yeah. one and two. We were like, all right, this team's not going to be good, and the Texans aren't going to be good, and both of them ended up being better than we expected. So that, to me, is what surprised me the most, is some of those older contracts as well. You can get off of those a little bit. You can continue that youth movement, get some new guys in there, and I just... Um, what surprised me is just, just yeah, that, that, that flexibility and youth movement that they have in Arizona is going really strong. Do you, do you give the credit more to Monty Ossifort and able to, and this was not even, I mean, he got the job basically this time of year, you know, a couple of weeks change, right? Didn't have his full scouting staff in place. Yeah. And, and really knocked the draft out of the park. Um, or Monty or Jonathan Gannon, his ability to coach these guys up, and, and they really leaned on playing rookies. They had 13 players active on the roster that were first-year players. Yeah, I mean, it takes two to tango. Like it takes two to change a franchise. It really does. You have to have good continuity with the general manager and the head coach. But I look at what Jonathan Gannon was able to do with what was given to him, and I think Monty did a good job giving him maybe higher quality ingredients than he thought that he was going to get in year one, but. He was the chef, right? He was mm-hmm. the one out there who was baking the cake, if you will, making the meal. And early parts of the season, like I'll just, I'll just let you guys in on it. I'm in a survivor pool, and I picked against the Cardinals <laughs> multiple times, yeah. and they burned me. Yeah. They ended up getting that win <laughs> against uh, against Dallas, yeah. and I, I picked Dallas in this game. I was like, oh, there's no way. And I think that is a funny way to kind of encapsulate how hard Jonathan Gannon had that group playing, especially with. 
without Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've just got unknowns at quarterback. I think you're going into the season. All of a sudden, it's like, all right, Colts out of there, and and so you you know now you're starting Josh Dobbs and you're rotating quarterbacks in and out until you get Kyler back. And so to me. There was a lot of inexperience. There was a lot of youth. There was a lot of new guys who were there. And you didn't even have your quarterback as something that you could consistently lean on throughout the entire season. And for them to have the kind of competitiveness every single week, okay, yeah, it didn't result in as many wins as they wanted to, but they were playing tight with some really good football teams throughout the season, not just the beginning of the season. So my hat tips to Jonathan Gannon and what he was able to do with those players. When you look at this upcoming draft and all the pieces, and obviously you have your your mock out there, um, what what kind of player do you think that they're going to identify in the later rounds that you think, you know, that maybe a person that you saw in Mobile, you're like, he'd be a really good fit with Arizona. Yeah, so I you know, I think about some of the needs that the Cardinals have and I think that offensive tackles a need, you know, the interior defensive line is a need for them. Really just good talent along both trench lines. I think is yeah, people will tell you that they need to continue to invest in that, but I think players at the skill positions, these major difference makers. We I'm sure y'all talk a lot about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors Wait, who? and Romo. <laughs> right. His name again? Right, right. So uh, write it down? son of a former Hall of <laughs> Famer. Um, <laughs> in case you lived under a rock, Maserati Marv, as he goes by, from Gus Johnson. But anyway, so I know that you guys talk a lot about a difference maker in the passing game. But when I think about you know day two attack strategy, I would love to see them get another really good quality corner. So if you talk about a guy who I've watched over the last couple of weeks in the Senior Bowl, Jarvis Brownlee Jr., somebody mm-hmm. who from from Louisville, he was a transfer over from Florida State. That dude might have been the biggest riser of anybody in Mobile. I mean, he had three reps in a row consecutively in one-on-ones, which one-on-ones very skewed to the offensive side of things. Yeah. Wide mm-hmm. receivers are supposed to win DB wide receiver one-on-ones. DB doesn't have any help. He's got no inside help. He's got, got no help over the top, and he doesn't know where the route is. Jarvis Brownlee Jr. had three reps in a row against all different shapes and sizes of receivers that he not only had tight enough coverage to like run the route for these guys but he gave himself to have an interception as well and 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 just that type of confidence to be dropped into a brand new environment brand new teammates brand new coaches to just go out there and say nah i'm still the best i mean that that to me speaks volumes of the type of corner that you want on your team and somebody that can produce as a rookie so i like garrett williams a lot i really do i thought the injuries if he didn't have the injuries coming out of college i think he would have been drafted even a little bit better so i like that selection i do like keytrail clark as a potential starter at the right at right at the nickel and a feisty dude man and so i'd love to see them jarvis brownlee jr he's just kind of a name as day two keep an eye out for him i think that he could be a good starter it it makes sense trevor sigma pro football focus it makes sense obviously like Gannon dips into his alma mater, and Keytrell Clark gets that competitive guy who, yeah. who, who can be some a depth guy probably down the road. I, you know, I don't know about starting outside corner, but Brownlee, it, like when you looked up at the screen in Mobile, they had the great. It was, I think it's the Zebra Technologies uh, just trackers, and Brownlee had covered the most ground out of anybody. Like you saw that he was the one that was working the hardest out there, and I think like that's probably where the Cardinals will have to go because Quinion Mitchell was unbelievable last week. Yes. And I think yes. to you know the detriment of teams late in the first round because I don't think that's going to – it's a possibility any longer. Like, where do you have him now as far as your defensive backs? Yeah, so uh, Arizona's – what are they picking, 26, 27? 27. 27. So I, I think that we certainly would have seen Quinion Mitchell's name – 
in mock drafts for the Cardinals in the first round at pick 27. I, I But I agree with you, man. I don't think he gets there. Yeah. Quinion's tape over the last two years has been fantastic. Cornerback out of Toledo. He's got good size to him. Uh, track speed. Like, Poor I, Brandon Rice. He was picking on him last dude, week. Dude, I mean, <laughs> it, it, you, you go back to his background as well. He's got a track background, legit speed, 10-6-0, 100-meter dash in high school. So that's like, that is some crazy fast speed. And you see it on tape, the click and close ability from him. The question mark with him is Toledo didn't really put him in press coverage very much. They only kept him in mm-hmm. off coverage. So I was like, okay, why? Is this just the scheme that you have as a team, or are you protecting him from something? Mm-hmm. Does he not like getting his hands on guys? Does he not like being physical? Does he not like playing with his back to the ball? Like Those are all things that you have to think about. And so I believe it was 437 of – he played 437 coverage snaps this past year. Only 20 of them came in a press coverage alignment. Wow. So – Going into the Senior Bowl week, the reason why I love this event is because you get to see these players in those areas. The coaches do a great job of like, oh, okay, you're a center. Let's see what you do at guard. Oh, okay, you're a tweener at tackle. Let's see what you do at guard. Like think inside out with defensive line as well. And then when it comes to coverage, you played a lot of off coverage in college. Okay, let's see what we do in press. He played a lot of press coverage in Mobile beautifully yeah. shut these dudes down left and right so that I, I i mean that basically answers the only question you had about him and to me now he is at a point where if arizona if he's going to be an arizona cardinal it's because they will have traded down mm. from four to something around the top 10 and you take him as like Damn. cb1 in this draft you know I, I i know i went to the well about late round draft picks uh but selfishly i gotta ask you about my boy kubu Cooper BB uh-huh. from Kansas State. Uh-huh. I'm a big BB fan. Okay, uh, you know where do you see him translating at the next level? Does he have what it takes to be able to perform at a high level, maybe on the interior line? He is a really smart offensive lineman. Now he started his career as a defensive lineman, so he just understands trench play really well, and I think that you see that from him. You know. The footwork, it's a little bit heavier. It's a little bit slower. He's not necessarily, uh, you, you know, a brute when it comes to strength, like just it, totally being able to uh, get a guy off of his spot. But he understands angles. He understands how to get across guys' face. He understands leverage so, so very well. So even when he goes up against guys that I'll watch their defensive line tape and I go, okay, you should handle Cooper yeah. here. Like you should be able to manipulate him if he gets his hands in the right spot and if he gets the right leverage. Like sometimes there's nothing these stronger guys can do. And I think O line IQ is something that is an underrated part of evaluating offensive linemen. And to me, I think the athletic limitations probably are going to make BB a third, fourth round pick, something like that. At least that's what I have in my assessment of him. But I do think he has that starting caliber guard ability. Not sure that you you could play him in tackle in a pinch. You know, if somebody goes down during the game, he's got that left tackle experience. I think his home's going to be more of at guard. I just think he's built more like a guard. But to me, he is somebody who will improve the IQ of your offensive line, which is very, very important for a unit that it takes all five guys working together at the same time to handle some really good rushes in the NFL, the stunts, the games, the twists, all that, whatever you want to call it. And so he, to me, is somebody who I I just think the way that he views the game comes from such a high IQ level. Love it. I always like to fire up, and you've been always generous with your time, and you joined us, and you do. we fire up the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. We're not going to do that right now, but our friends over at Empire Today, they sponsor our mock drafts, and we're building our empire today with empiretoday.com slash phnx. And just real quick, on the fly, seems like one, two, three quarterbacks. 
Yes. Right? It, so, it seems like it, yeah. Maserati Marv at four to the Cardinals. Yes, yeah, and Maserati Marv. Let's, let's, let's try to uh, forecast 27. And I feel like it depends on what your philosophy is. And I see some people like, well, why don't the Cardinals trade out of 27? I think there's so much value as far as that fifth-year option, especially for a rebuilding team to have that, right? Yeah. And, and what, what are they really going to get in return? They've already got, you know, 12 to 13 picks in this draft. Like, what would your philosophy be at 27 and then potentially coming back at 35 for our, our mock? Yeah, I think because those picks are so close to one another, I think certainly corner, right? Yeah. Corner comes into play depending on how the cornerback group falls. And we could have four or five first-round caliber corners that you might be able to have your chance to get a really good one there. So we talked about corner already. But I do think you probably want to look trenches first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? There's an opportunity when you're at 27. I understand that Paris Johnson Jr. has been playing on the right side of the line, but depending on what happens, with DJ Humphreys, you know, you can move Paris Johnson over to that left tackle spot where he played at Ohio State. And I think there's a handful of right tackle options that could be yep. ripe at 27. Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma, Amarius Mims yep. from Georgia, um, uh, JC Latham from, from Alabama. There's just a lot of guys who have that right tackle experience yep. who might make it to 27 that you got to really think about. I'd say de- on defensive line as well. A Braylon Trice from Washington if you want more of an edge rusher, if you want to get another edge rusher in there. But I think interior defensive line. I look at Jerzon Newton from mm-hmm. Illinois who seems to be falling on mock drafts. And Why is that? Just because he's I, not active? It's I, just... I, I, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit of like what have you done for me lately mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And he just say, oh, hey, he hasn't been at these events. But he's got a little bit shorter arms. I think he's just a little bit more of a fire hydrant type of build, as mm-hmm. they say. So he's not going to – you know, when you measure him up against a Byron Murphy from Texas, mm-hmm. Murphy is strong as hell, and he's got these vines for arms. And so you go, okay, where are the limitations with this guy? He's young, all yeah. that. So I understand why people are going to have him as DT1, but that doesn't make Newton any less of a great interior defensive yeah. line prospect. So I I would throw him in that mix too. So uh, that's that's probably where I would look. I would I would look to the trenches at 27 and then 34, and those are a handful of names to yeah. kind of look out yeah. for. I do have one more yeah. thing before we take off. Uh, so two different questions, okay? Because yes. we, we've been talking about this quite a bit. The separation between Maserati Marv, uh-huh. Adunze, yep. and Neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it vast? Is it small? To me, I think it's it's minimal. Yeah. Uh, especially to Dunze. I'm a big Dunze fan. Yeah. I don't like Midleague neighbors, but that's a different wow. story. Wow. All right. So. Good, thing there. Good, good, <laughs> good thing there's a buffer. There's a buffer here between us because I love Malik. So. So, uh, so that question first. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, look, I, I don't think the gap is that far. I really don't. Uh, I've said this before. In any other wide receiver class, if you take Adunze and Malik Neighbors and you just plop them in any other draft, they're probably wide receiver one, okay. right? There's just there's just not that many classes, and I've gone over some of the recent uh, draft classes that we've had. There's just not very many where these guys wouldn't be considered. Like even even Jamar Chase's class, like we're, we're talking about some of the best, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Jamar Chase is a prospect coming out was that similar level to what we think about these guys. So um, I don't think the gap is that far, but that's in no way a, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., like you should think less about him. It really is just the fact that this wide receiver group is special. And then the last one is um, just Jordan Morgan last week. Didn't have the greatest senior bowl. Uh, His measurables came back. He has, you know, the fire hydrant arms, as you would say. Our guy Johnny Venerable (laughs) is completely out on Jordan Morgan, even though he was in there. Uh, I'm a big U of A guy. I graduated from there. So I have a vested interest in how Jordan Morgan does. I would like to see the Cardinals at least entertain the thought of drafting him at 27 if he should be there. What are your thoughts overall on Jordan Morgan? 
Morgan. No, I still do like Jordan Morgan. I don't. I. I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick now. But multiple picks with ammunition on day two. I think certainly top of the second round. He's in that conversation as well. And all right, so the shorter arms. We figured that he'd have shorter arms, and you do see that on tape. Like he does lose with length quite a bit. And and I think power is the issue that people had with him when he was at Arizona versus what they wanted to see from him at the Senior Bowl. And the reason why he struggled so much is there were a lot of really powerful defensive linemen yeah. at this year's Senior Bowl, and okay. they were kind of getting the better out of him. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't, okay, because you've been playing tackle for Arizona, right? Yeah. So you got to be a little bit lighter on your feet. you got to be able to handle things one-on-one. If he fully committed to guard at the next level, which I think would be a good home for him, you're probably strength training a little bit different. You're probably playing it a little bit different of a weight. You're probably getting a little bit stronger anyways. Then you've got the quick footwork to go along with it because you've already played tackle, and you know the arm length's not that big of an issue, as, as big of an issue, I should say, for when you move into guard so I do think that he is a really good football player I don't think a poor senior bowl just totally erases some really good tape and I think he's a warrior man towards ACL in November of 2022 comes back and plays this season I mean like there's something to that this dude clearly loves ball wants to be out there and wanted to put his best foot forward to show NFL teams that he was uh, healthy and that he could be a starting caliber offensive lineman so not sure he's going to still get that first round buzz after what we saw in Mobile but he's still a good football player, he's a and I dog. think he could, he, he could be a starter. He's an know. absolute dog. That's how they build him in Tucson. There you go. Did you have any thoughts on any of the other U of A guys that were out at uh, in Mobile? So Cowing is the one that I really liked a lot uh, going into the week. And then he kind of struggled a little bit early on. He had a couple of drops early on where I was like, damn, you could, I mean, you got to haul those in. I mean, just, just from like the, the, the sheer size, you know, it's like people will knock you for anything when you have when you are that low on the percentile chart when it comes to height and weight. But you turn on his tape and I mean, just no matter where he's been in college, football he has been a separation machine and as we've seen so many times recently I think Tank Dell is the example that everybody loves to go to now but like there are players all around the league you don't have like small players that are excellent separators that's what it's about right right? why the wide receiver play is about what getting open catching the football if you can do both those things really well I think you're going to find a place in today's game absolutely Trevor Sigma loves ball, and you yeah, got to follow him on fantastic. Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, make sure you're reading his work, Pro Football Focus, uh, the NFL Stock Exchange episode with you and Connor. It's an hour, over an hour. It's all about your Arizona Cardinals. The opener. It's fantastic. Poor Rondell Moore taking uh, a couple of ricochet shots. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, no, man, no, no. But, but running, running cardio, basically. Oh, he said, yeah. We got to get my guy the ball. <laughs> like, I, dude, I loved Rondell when he right. was coming out of the draft, and I think that Arizona's a good spot for him. We just right. got, you know, he's out here doing like Peloton classes, <laughs> man. Like, we got to throw my guy the football. Come on. It's a must watch. What do you got coming up uh, content wise that people need to seek out? Yeah, a lot of stuff. Everything over at pff.com. Uh, anybody out there who wants to run their own mock drafts, I know you guys do yep. a lot of that here on this show. You can do so over at pff.com. Uh, we got a sale going on right now. If you want the full unlocked mock draft simulator, 30 MBS, you can get 30% off on that. And then, like you said, after after your your listeners listen to this wonderful show, if they want to come hang out with Connor and I on the yes. NFL Stock Exchange channel, uh, that's where you can find us. It's essential listening for yeah. Cards fans. Great Trevor, content. always great, man. Appreciate it, Thanks, brother. Thanks, Thanks, bud. Yep. Appreciate it. Good to see you guys. Trevor Sigma, PFF, pff.com. Having a blast out here. Dude's a wealth of knowledge Man. as far as that NFL draft. Like, that I, was tremendous. It is. <laughs> dude, I, get, I, I got goosebumps, man. I, I got hyped off of that. I feel so bad because yeah, he's sick. 
like next thing you know, you just knocked out 20 minutes. It's like this guy's got places to be, and we're just like, well, what do you think about you know Michael Wiley out of Arizona, University of Arizona? And he's like, he had guys, to ask the question. Though. What do you I think about projected undrafted free agent Michael Wiley? Yeah. <laughs> No, that was fantastic. I'm, I'm about to like usher Trev off the set graciously, and then I hear Dave is like, "I gotta get one in. Yeah. I gotta get one in." I wanted to know if what he saw from Jacob Cowing was what I saw from it Jacob Cowing, yeah. which is, you know, he was by far the smallest receiver I thought I saw out there. He was getting separation, and he just wasn't finishing plays. And I didn't experience that at U of A watching him all these yeah. years. You know, he was a he was a playmaker, but. He was dropping some passes out there in Mobile, and I just I thought it was a little interesting. Yeah, I think Jacob Counting would be a great fit uh, later on in the rounds, like maybe five, six, seven, probably sixth or seventh round. But a nice little slot receiver, uh, and you know the Cardinals would definitely take a look at him at that point. But look, you know, there's still a lot to be determined between now the combine and also their pro days. If you if you add a wideout that's six three six four with the fourth overall pick, I think your size issues at the position immediately go away. Like you've got Michael Wilson on the roster. Um, and, you know, they could add somebody in free agency. But for the most part, like, you, you can stand to add. This isn't Steve Kime adding the bulk of, like, the majority of your wide receivers are 5'7", five, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, That's no longer the case. So you, you have to, you can, you can talk about that. I know it's kind of, it's tough these, this day and age, post-Steve Kime, to think about wide receivers, off-ball linebackers. But, look, the healing has begun, my friends. So, um, it's in, it's in a way better spot. And, and Jacob Cowling, like, he shouldn't have to be a victim of the, the poor work that Steve Kime did before. Are we getting Chris oh, right yeah. now? Oh, yeah, we got Chris right, right now. Chris Let's Sims go. from uh, NBC Sports, Pro Football Talk, is going to sit down here with us in just a second after Trevor Sikama. This is where things start. You get yeah. on a heater. This is oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. like Saul at the blackjack table the other night where you just start to get on a heater as far as guests go. And as far as the insight that's about to be dropped here, make sure you hit that like button. You subscribe to PHNX Sports here on YouTube. Our guy buttoned up, always wearing the top button, always. looking so well. I've, I've told you this before. I don't think I can be a top button guy. I just, I, I can't. Well, you can. You're, of course you can. You just got to have the... You gotta have the guts to do it. Yeah. You can. I mean, I took a lot of flack at first from a lot of people. I got it like both ways. Some people were like, "Man, it's really cool. You have a look, and you're doing that." I had some nerdy white bosses at NBC though that were like, "Would you want button your button?" And I was like, "The day I listen to you about fashion will be never." So shut up. And no, this is what I wear. It. So shut up. Don't tell me how to dress. You know, it's unbelievable. Uh, as we see you out here on Radio Row, and you're a mainstay out here, and you're a rock star out here. We love the insight that you give, especially as a quarterback position. But my co-host. Saul Bookman gave me some insight on when you guys first met. So oh, yeah. you got to tell Chris the oh, yeah. first time you laid eyes yeah. on Yeah, out at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you're, you, when you were there with Cliff Kingsbury, right. Seneca Wallace. And right. Those class. That crew. We had, yeah. we, had a, we had a good little class there for sure. Good guys. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting week. And I, I do remember. <laughs> I mean, when I see him every year, I'm always like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we go way back, way back. But, yeah, those are the good old days. They're, they're long gone now. A long time ago, yeah. yeah. So we're out from the desert, right? And uh, we see Cliff. I mean, what a off season that, that man's been through. You know, obviously working with Caleb Williams, and yep. then you know talking to Vegas, talking to Chicago at one point, talking to Philly at one point. He right. lands in Washington, and you know I I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but from what we saw for four years in the desert, like I just didn't see you know the innovative playmaker that sometimes he's made out to be. What do you think the fit 
How do you think the fit is in D.C. for Cliff? I, I mean, I don't love it. I'm underwhelmed, yeah. right? I, I, I am. I'm underwhelmed by everything they've done. I mean, Dan Quinn, and I think your questions that you bring up about Cliff Kingsbury are very real and fair. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to be jerks. Right. I mean, Great we guy. saw, right. Yeah. But there's a little bit of a, a, a cap or a plateau in the offense every year because there's lack of you know, evolving imagination, versatility in the offense, right? So I would always on my podcast or with Florio on PFT would always be like, hey, it's, it's week nine. Everybody's caught on to what Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> and everybody are doing. It's not that complicated, right? right? So they're all over it. What's going to be the next move? And then, of course, you guys would kind of fall apart down the stretch and then not get in the playoffs and do all that. I'm shocked, right? I really am. I can't even believe it. You know, I know he's been with all these great quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? Damn. I mean, I, but they don't ever win with any of them. Okay, that would be one saying. thing I'll throw out there. And I know these quarterbacks like him because he's their buddy, right? right? Cliff is an awesome dude. And I'm saying some things here that I know are a little tough and controversial or whatever else. I get it. Uh, He probably won't like it if he heard it. I like a lot about Cliff. I know he knows how to relate to players Mm -hmm. and do all that. But at the same time, what I want to tell, like, Caleb Williams or any other one out there going, like, your buddy as your head coach is not a recipe to be Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. That's not what happens. Think about every great quarterback in time. I mean, uh, Terry Bradshaw, he couldn't even get his coach to like him. Like, he won four <laughs> Super Bowls, and the coach was still like, ah, you're a jerk. I mean, Bill Walsh benched Joe Montana in 88 yeah. for Steve Young for a few games, and then he came back in. And then the, yeah. there was always that, right? I mean, Jer- Jimmy Johnson was never cool with Troy Aikman. Right. He made it tough on him. Belichick and Brady. Sure. Right? So that, to me, is the other thing where I, I see him get hired. They're like, oh, he's so good with the quarterbacks, and I want to be like, I get it, but I, right. I want the guy to be the coach. Shanahan's not like, hey, Brock Purdy, let's go have some beers and hang out and chill, bro. That's just not the way the world works. And that's what I don't understand sometimes right now in football. In terms of the change now, is we'll go back to what the Cardinals have right now and Kyler Murray. Yeah. You know, the change at head coach with Jonathan Gannon and now his progression at the end of this season. Uh, what, what did you like and not like about his progression in the last four games? I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, again, you know, I know people question, should we get rid of Kyler Murray? And fight? Like, you got a guy that's got some special skills about him. I just don't, don't think you throw that out the door. For right. You better have somebody that you know is going to knock it out of the park. Because guys like me, if you get rid of Kyler Murray and he goes and kills it somewhere, I'm going to throw it back in your face, Arizona Cardinals, like, and be like, what the hell? Build the damn team, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I talk Everybody wants to, oh, I want Mahomes, I want Elway. Yeah, there's like four of those guys in the history of Earth, right? Build the damn team around them. Like, Elway was better than Phil Simms. How did Phil Simms beat him? Right? Great it's team. Great team. Yeah. It's a team sport. Yeah. And that's where I like what Arizona's doing. Hey, I'm a big fan of the, the GM. I worked with them a little Monty. in New England. Yeah. Right? Awesome guy. Understands the big picture. The head coach. You know, I know he took a lot of flack. I like what he does. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Right? That's all funny. But I like his coaching. Yeah. The O coordinator, Petsing, yeah. I think is very creative and has a physicality element to him. You got all these picks stockpiled, right? So I kind of like the where things are going for the Arizona Cardinals, and I wouldn't be shocked to see you guys 
trade down a little bit more. Knowing Monty being from the New England thing and go, hey, I know we got two first-round picks, but damn, we could get three and right. you know, another one next year. And you know, they'll play the board the right way. I mean, we talk about Cliff and, and maybe, I don't know, enabling might be too much, but like it felt like there was a lot of hero ball that Kyler had to play exactly. early on. Now Petsing, Gannon, they create that infrastructure. Right. What's the next step? What, how do you add to that infrastructure for Kyler to take his game to the next level? Well, I think they got, like, like you're saying, the meat and potatoes of the offense yeah. down, right? And that's the number one thing. you got to have a core group of plays where you go, we're really good at these in a big moment. We don't know what the defense is going to do, but we're good at executing this play, and we'll call it and feel comfortable how to execute it against anything, right? So that's what I like. They've set a base. And then I think what happens at the end of the year, then they can start to go, ooh, Kyler does this well. Ooh, man, teams play us like this one, Kyler, and we're in this formation and doing this. And I think they'll just add to the repertoire, right? And that's what, like, good OCs do. Like, it doesn't always need to be complicated. Think about Sean McVay and what they do. You know, outside zone. Mm -hmm. Fake the speed sweep, outside zone. Fake the speed sweep, fake the outside zone, play action pass. <laughs> fake the speed sweep, Fake the play-action pass, throw a screen back to the running back. It's like seven plays that he just packages really well together yeah. to keep you off balance, has checks and balances and all that. And I feel like that's where the Cardinals are going to go. Sometimes, you know, you look at a player that's either a free agent or in the draft, and you think, man, he would be a good player for X team because of the fit, the right. scheme, and everything. Is there a player out there that's going to be a free agent or is in the draft oh. that you think would be a good fit for him? I know. I mean, I'm not there yet, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still so much in the this season mode. Sure. I got to kick. Uh, my world flips over next week because NBC will be literally be like, so tell us who's the number one quarterback in the draft. And I'll be like, can I have four days before I can like make a grandiose assessment on the whole draft here? Right? So I know that's where my life's going. Um, you know, I, I, I think bottom line, like just to dive into it, I look at like probably need another shutdown corner, mm -hmm. need another pass rusher for sure, if not yep. two, maybe one in free agency, one in the draft, right? I think that's where I look at it. Maybe another offensive lineman to go in the group. I think those are the three spots that jump out to me. You know, the receivers, I think, are sneaky under the radar good. Mm -hmm. I love the Stanford kid. Wilson, yeah. I love him. Okay. Yeah. I All think right. he, if he wasn't hurt in college, he would have been a first-round pick. He just was hurt for, like, yeah. two out of his three years. Uh, and I probably a receiver is probably another guy in the yeah. repertoire there because Hollywood Brown's a free agent. Yeah, right? they've yeah. got three guys under contract. It's, it's Mike Wilson, it's Rondell Moore, right. and then Zach Pascal, who's more of a special yeah, team. right, so right. Fourth they overall, another guy. there's a guy at Columbus who's pretty good. Uh, might, you're right. That would wanna... make a lot of sense, no <laughs> doubt about it. Let me ask you this. You always are great with your quarterback rankings. Uh, where would you put Kyler Murray now? You've always been real kind to Kyler. I think you've had him as high as seven. I maybe. think I have seven the highest. Yeah. Right, right. Where would you put him now? And maybe who's a quarterback that would surprise everybody else that you would put him ahead of? Well, you know, I look at it. I think he's, you know, of course, top half of the league still, right? And that to me is where, and where Kyler's gotten exposed is maybe playing style of football at some points that wasn't conducive to helping Kyler. Oh, we're going to be in the shotgun. We're going to drop back every play, and you know where we're going to be. And now the pocket's going to collapse, and I'm going to look small in the pocket, right? <laughs> like, that's not the way the game should be for him all the time, right? And yeah. I think that's where the ball has been dropped a little bit, and we don't even get to see – 
like the full scope of his talents because he's always, oh, shotgun, we're going to spread the field <laughs> and we're just going to let our athletes do it. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, there's got to be more than that to the game, right. okay? Like, you're seeing uh, the 49ers, like, they never get in the spread. They're right. like, oh, two t- tight end, two running right. backs, right? Motions everywhere. Um, so I, I got off track there. I love it. Though. Has the potential, though, certainly top six, seven, that kind of guy. I think right now they'll probably like right around 12, If, if somebody was dangerous enough to give you the keys to a franchise, though, and they said you pit him against a, a guy that's high up your rankings that you would take Kyler over. Is there like anybody like a oh. Jalen Hurts or anybody that you would say, I got to think real hard well, about that'd this? Well, that would be one of them for really? sure. Yeah, I don't think like, you know, you heard me talk yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts is – I respect a lot about Jalen Hurts, but I, I think Jalen Hurts is also, like, the most overrated player in football. All right? I just that's, – that's me. I know I'm wrong. I take a lot of crap about that comment. But, you know, it's a – it's a – he plays quarterback for a team that's an all-star team. Yeah. They have the best O-line in football. It's not even close, right? They got maybe the best duos at receiver in all of football. Right? I just think if you put some quarterback, other quarterbacks in Philly, you put Kyler Murray there, you'd go, damn, Kyler's amazing. <laughs> Is he the MVP of football? And I think we lose sight of all of that a little yeah. bit. Again, it yeah. gets into the quarterback team thing, where right now we're all about the quarterback. And, uh, yeah, he'd be one of those guys that I certainly would go, hey, when Kyler's on his game, he is every bit in the class of yeah. Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. And, you know, you talked a lot about mechanics yesterday when right. we were over here. And right. I, I mean, I was, I was blown away about, yeah. uh, by that. When you look at Kyler's mechanics, yeah. you know, obviously a smaller guy's got to get a lot of heat on that ball to get it deep. He's had trouble with the deep ball right. uh, in the last year and a half. Uh, what do you think about Kyler's mechanics and where can he improve at maybe? He does a lot of good things. He's a natural thrower, right? I mean, he's one of those guys that I think can pick up any object and we go, damn, that was a good throw, right? Yeah. doesn't matter. Baseball, whatever, skipping rocks on a lake, whatever. He could do that. Where I look at him, because the Sims family is very into quarterback technique and stuff. My dad and my brother work with a lot of big-time quarterbacks and do this kind of stuff. He lets his arm get too long at times. And I think it's his baseball background, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not – you can have a longer motion. Like Mahomes sometimes has a longer mm-hmm. motion. But if you ever notice, and people need to be watching this a little bit, Mahomes never lets this angle in his arm break. So even when he's sidearm, it's still like this. Mm-hmm. It never gets straight, Right. People whose arm gets straight are like Tim Tebow, and you mm-hmm. go, well, I don't know why he can't control the ball, and I want to be like, because you're not supposed to throw a football like that. Like <laughs> He's like a windmill. That doesn't work. Kyler does let his arm get a little long. Okay. He's yeah. super talented and has a great hand, and he gets away with it, but I do think it's hard to replicate that motion all the time and be a machine. Yeah. To where I would go, if I could work with Kyler, who I got a lot of respect for and really like as a guy, too, yeah. you know, I would go, oh, just tighten it up a little. Okay. If mm. you tighten it up a little bit, it'll give you more control. And honestly, you think because it's longer, I can get more power. You'll have more power with the tighter motion. And that would be the one thing I kind of look at him mechanically. Fantastic. You're so gracious with your time. Yeah. I want to get you out on this. Uh, Mike Florio in the Arizona Cardinals fan base, <laughs> oh. your co-host. Mike Florio in a lot of 
fan base. True. Okay. Very true. He's snarky, snarky, jerky, jerky. Yeah, he had yeah. a hard on for us last year. You, uh, you think yeah. he's he's oh, coming around on, on Gannon and, and crew? Well, or? I think, yeah, the Gannon not answering questions, I think, you know, that, that irks a guy like yeah. Mike. Because he's just like, what? You're supposed to. That's the rules of the NFL. And, you know, we'd all like and to see And tampering, his, his, his maybe tampering hat comes up. Like, what else happened? Yeah. Well, and then Mike's, where I love Mike, right, is he will attack owners if he doesn't think they're running an organization sure. the right way, treating people the right way. And I think that's where, when it came out with the reports about your guys' yeah. weight room and the mess hall and all of that, that's where Florio then goes into, like, Six gear, and he's like, "They got it. We got to teach them a lesson out there." And he is good that way in a lot yeah. of ways. No, you know? but I'm sure there's some fans out there like, "But he shut up and started attacking our, stop attacking our team." The comment section right here is getting real nasty about Florida. Oh, <laughs> he likes to play the villain, but is he coming around? I think so. Okay, I think he is. I mean, he hears me all year. Going, hey, this pet's thing. Hey, Gannon and yeah. his defense, mm -hmm. and then you can't deny. The way the team played, yeah. being undermanned, games you're supposed to lose, you kept it close, beating Philly late in the year. I mean, there's some things there that even if he wanted to be snarky, he went, oh, damn, it's, it looks good. Like and this, to get off McCoy, a Texas yeah. guy like yourself, right. like, you know, great career, but like Dobbs gave them a better opportunity, and people saw that and like, oh, that's an egregious you know, tank job uh, right I there. I know, I know. I, he, well, he's always and it's looking, not just Mike. No, no, a lot of people. And, you know, that's, again, we're in the conspiracy yeah. world, and everything's <laughs> a setup now, and it's just it never ends, right? So he can be a little bit a part of that as well. Uh, yeah, and I don't, you know, sometimes – uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's easy to second guess. He was ready to give Dobbs a $150 million contract <laughs> after the second game in Minnesota because he's a Vikings fan, right? Oh, okay. And I was like, Mike, there's a reason he's been on like eight teams in two years. This is all going to come back to earth. Like, settle down a little it's bit. That's unreal. That's unbelievable. You do great work. We love it. Yeah, I watch it on a daily basis. Thanks a lot, guys. TFT Thanks. Live, NBC Sports, Chris Sims. So gracious with time. It, just a wealth of knowledge. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it, man. Yep. Thanks a lot. Enjoy you guys are a lot of, of fun. Here in Vegas. Good stuff. Chris Sims, uh, Mac, it, doing her great work out yeah. there and getting Sims, Fantastic getting Trevor Sycamore. And it's just been a, a banner show. Do we yeah. have ads left? Uh, yeah, we do. We have a lot of ads left. I we got, uh, yeah. I was talking about the Empire Today, building your Empire uh, mock draft. And also, if you're in the market for new flooring, carpeting, uh, you got to check out our friends over at Empire Today. They've got the right product for your quick professional installation with a price match guarantee. You can go out there, you can shop if you want, but you're just going to come right back to Empire today and they're going to match that price right away. It's quick, it's easy, convenient. Uh, when we talk to Chris Sims about quarterbacks, it's like talking to the great people at Empire today yeah. about flooring. It's not somebody who was just laid off by the Popeyes down the street that was looking for work. <laughs> no, you got somebody that's in there that's going to know flooring backwards and forwards. They're going to send you to the, your virtual floor designer and it's, you're going to be able to figure out what it's going to look like in your pet, your condo, your house, uh, your apartment. Check out EmpireToday.com slash PHNX and you can start to save yourself $350 on your flooring needs. Go to EmpireToday.com slash PHNX to save $350 on your flooring needs. You can't watch Chris Sims, but you can watch the Phoenix Suns tonight on Arizona's Family Sports. So you should check them out. They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Big yeah. game. Uh, it's going to be fun. Check them out. I already gave you the pick of the week because of that game. So you can go to Arizona Family Sports uh, wherever you live in Arizona. Visit azfamily.com and click Suns Games for the listing information for your area. AZ Family is a great resource to help you find Phoenix Suns games on Arizona Family Sports. Uh, they're going
going off tonight. Check out the crew page next uh, Suns tonight. It's going to be a fun, fun evening. Yeah, Espo, Lindsey, Gerald. Well, Gerald will be out at uh, Footprint yeah, Center because it's a home game. That's if I had, I, that's the game time app game right there. Yeah, getting out there to to the Bucks, watching. Gian, is Giannis going to play tonight? He is. It's not ducking him like no. uh, Embiid and the Nuggets. Nah, come on, come on. Uh, Listen, we've been here for an hour and a half. Yeah, got to get out of here because okay. these guys got to go. Let's do it. Uh, tomorrow, James Conner is going to join us. We're going to talk to Thomas Dimitrov, and uh, we talked to Trevor Sikama about the NFL Stock Exchange, Conor Rogers of PFF, and so much more. You want to, of course, subscribe to PHNX Sports. Like this video. It does wonders Dude, for us. What a show. A huge show. I was, Fantastic. I mean, we came in and was like, it's going to be a good show. And sometimes <laughs> I don't believe that, but uh, I, I believed it today, and it became a spectacular show. Thanks to Michaela Perkins. Yes. Damon Dog jumping in with late questions to Trevor Sikama. Fantastic. And Saul getting and then we're finding out about Jordan Morgan. Suck on that, Johnny Venerable. He's, <laughs> he's still a top, you know, prospect, offensive line prospect. We're going to get out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on PHNX Cardinals.